Hello and welcome to Called Bank Sports. This is the post-game analysis of the Utah Jazz versus Washington Wizards. And for those of you who don't know, this channel's jazz-focused, so uh, that's kind of where my bias is if, if, if you're seeing a bias at some point in the episode. Um, but this was kind of a rough loss for the Jazz. Um, first off, shout out to the Wizards. They, they, great effort. Bradley Beal had put 37 points on the Jazz. Um, Daniel Gafford, even he only put up 12 points, but he and and Gobert had some pretty good numbers. But there were t- like Gafford got some big buckets, and he he didn't make it easy on Gobert. Um, Gobert didn't make it easy on Gafford, but there's there's not many centers who give Gobert tough time when Gobert's on defense and the center's on the offense, especially Daniel Gafford's not someone I expect that. He didn't go off. Like I said, he only had 12 points, but um, he he found some ways around Gobert's defense is what I saw. Um, for the Jazz, like the numbers don't look great. Honestly, I expected the numbers to be a little bit better than they, than they are or were, but I think... Uh, so I, w- I was prepared to come into this video with the take that even though the jazz numbers, like I thought they I didn't think they would be great, but I thought they'd be better than they were. And I'll jump into it and, and talk about those in a sec. But my take is kind of like, um, even if the numbers were on the jazz side, the, the feeling that I had is so obviously the jazz are a better team than the wizards tonight. They weren't the, the wizards outplayed them. Um, but I feel like, and the Jazz stayed in it, and honestly, they shouldn't have. Because um, the Jazz weren't shooting great, and the shots that were falling, uh, they were incredible shots. They just weren't high percentage shots, and they just happened to fall. Um, so the Jazz got lucky on a lot of plays, I think. So it's like, um, I make a lot of analogies to football, if you haven't noticed, but um sometimes it's easier to understand how one sport works by looking at another sport but if you watch a football game and you see the score is tied at 21 points and both teams they have about the same number of stats um some there might be one team that is just obviously better uh but sometimes as the worst team you can stay in it by making big and lucky plays so like I'm a I'm a Texas Longhorns fan, so I'm very used to this, where my team makes big plays that are fun to watch, and then they choke and lose the game anyway. Um, so in football, you might get a, a pick six, free, free seven points right there. Or you might, the running back might just break off for a 90-yard run, and that's a huge play that's exciting. But the teams that win in football game in, game out, I know this is a basketball channel. I spend a lot of time on football, but hear me out. The wins, the teams that win in football are the teams that can get pr- produce a seven first downs in a drive and, and win the game that way and do that every single drive. Maybe they'll throw a pick here and there, maybe, they, but most almost every drive, they get multiple first downs and can move the ball and it's not through 90-yard plays. It's through those uh, a seven-yard pass here, a four-yard run there, and just kind of move down the field as as they can. Um, so that's kind of how I felt the Jazz were. The Jazz weren't moving down the field. They were getting 
some good plays like um that excellent effort play by um Jordan Clarkson where he dives out of bounds saves the ball gets up immediately sprints down Donovan Mitchell passes it to him he finds Rudy Gay in the corner Rudy Gay hits a three gets fouled and one so those are great plays I love seeing them they're really fun to watch as a fan those aren't the plays that win you basketball games though they're a nice bonus but they're not the plays that you go down get set up in your half court um run a play get an open three in the corner they're not the oh you get an offensive rebound you outlet push the ball uh you have a you have a three on two fast break and you you get the bucket that way so those are the kind of the plays that you need to run those plays consistently and that's those simple basic a lot of times maybe boring plays in basketball were what the Jazz were kind of missing out on this game. And they had plenty of exciting plays. There were some great dunks. There were some great effort plays. There were some circus shots that shouldn't have gone in that went in. And so because of those, the Jazz made it look like a close game. But other than the first, I don't know, like five, six minutes of the first quarter, the Jazz, if if it weren't for those like lucky, exciting plays... Um, it would have been a much different game. Um, so getting into that, and and before I hop into the numbers, the other thing to look at is, and I know everyone's going to want to talk about this, but that last jump ball. Um, I didn't. I I went through and tried to find as many replays as I could. I didn't find any camera angles that I loved. But here's what I broke here. So the Jazz are down by, um, so it was a hundred three to one oh six. I believe. And so the Jazz Jazz were down by three. It was on the Wizards' side of the court. So the Wizards won offense. This is jump ball. Um, And so this jump ball is really important. Um, If the Jazz get it, and I think there's like 15 or so, something like 15 seconds left on the clock, maybe a little bit more, less than a full shot clock's worth of time left on the clock. So if the Jazz can win this jump ball, they can get down, hit a three, tie it, move it into overtime, win it in overtime which they might have done with that kind of momentum. And the Jazz are the better team. They can recenter and play a good period of basketball. Uh, what happens is, so the Jazz, win, I forget who's jumping. The Jazz win the jump ball, but the ball goes to Contavious Caldwell Pope um, instead of a Jazz player. Uh, so it was, it was not hit to the right spot, and the Wizards get it anyway. Um, Contavious Caldwell Pope gets it, gathers, he has his dribble, and Joe Ingles is on him. So Joe Ingles goes and guards him tight. Contavious Caldwell Pope's on the three-point line. I kind of explain this moment by moment. You can go watch it if you want, and it might be quicker. But uh, for those of you who, who haven't seen the game, um, and then here is my take on it. So Joe Ingles goes and defends him tight. Bradley Beal is right behind Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um. Joe Ingles is probably thinking Bradley Beal has 37 points. He is the best offensive player on the Wizards. The ball is going to get to Bradley Beal. And then the Jazz need to figure out, is it time to foul? Or can they get a stop and enough time? Because um, fouling doesn't put you in a great situation either. Even if they hit one free throw, it's not a... It's not a great situation for them. So they're trying to get a stop. Joe Ingles is guarding him tight. Instead of focusing on Contavious Caldwell Pope trying to get the stop now, 
he was trying to read what Bradley Beal was going to do and see if he could, because he was anticipating a pass there. I don't know if Contavious Caldwell Pope was planning that and just saw that Joe Ingles was a little bit distracted there, but he he takes a dribble, gets around Joe Ingles. It's more of a lateral step, not a not a step towards the basket. Joe Ingles is distracted. His reaction time is pretty late. He he reacts fast enough to get a hand in the face, but pretty late. Contavious Caldwell Pope hits a three and kind of puts the game out of reach, and then the Jazz miss their three close to the buzzer. So that was kind of that. That's how it ended. Uh, a little bit of a dramatic ending, but the Jazz already like it was. It was not looking good for them at even at the jump ball point. So that that was kind of the the drama that happened right at the end of the game. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of my take. It is this game is rough because the Jazz are a better team than the Wizards. If the Jazz even played like, like this was honestly one of the worst games with the Jazz so far this year. So even if they played like slightly below average, they probably still could have pulled it off. Um, and this is the second loss in a row to a team that they should have beaten. Uh, so it's it's rough, especially after a decent winning streak. Hopefully Jazz can turn it around real quick and, and get another winning streak going on. But, okay, I'll go through the numbers now. And if you watched my streams, you know, like, one thing that I'm big on, and, and this isn't a stream, but, like, if you watch my post games, I should say, uh, one thing that I'm big on is number of shots taken. It it seems like uh, I don't know like it it doesn't seem like the greatest stat because sure like you can take as many shots as you want but I, I as a player I don't think it's a great stat um, as far to show how good you're playing as an individual player as a team I think it's an excellent stat uh, because especially in the NBA sure you can hope to be more efficient but you're always going to have off nights. And even if you are more efficient, you need to be a lot more efficient if you're taking significantly less shots. So you also need to take into account free throws because sometimes you take a shot, you get fouled. And so that doesn't count in field goals attempted. So you also have to look at free throws attempted as well. And so looking at this, the Jazz took 13 less shots than the Wizards. So off of two points um that's a potential 26 point swing um i guess you could add three uh, i don't know you yeah, figure out what your multiplier is but like it's a 26 plus point swing potentially if you make all those the jazz wouldn't have made all of them but that's plenty to win this game when you lose by six the jazz did take 10 more free throws than the wizards did um but they only made three more. So the free throw shooting wasn't there either. Um, but that's a 10. So like the, if you calculate that out, there's a 16, 16 point potential points that the jazz left on the board just because they didn't take as many shots as the wizards. And you don't take as many shots when you turn the ball over and when you give up offensive rebounds. Um, and so looking at that, and I'll get into the shooting percentages, but looking at that, the Jazz had three less offensive rebounds and turned the ball over seven extra times. Um, Offensive rebounds, that isn't awful. They only had eight, though, so I'd like to see a little bit more on their end of being aggressive, but giving up 11 isn't the worst thing in the world. 
Um, it'd be nice to be a little bit lower, but it's not awful. The Jazz turning the ball over 16 times is pretty awful, um, especially since for several games before this, they've been looking pretty good. So right there, the Jazz were kind of set up to lose. And then from there, things just kind of get worse. They shot 43% from the field, 32% from three, uh, 63% from the free throw line. They could have won the game at the free throw line if they shot. They would have had to shoot pretty good, but they could have won the game at the free throw line. They left 11 points on the line. Um, Rebounding was pretty equal. The Jazz usually out-rebound their opponents. So, like, they, they lost some stuff there. And here's one stat that I think is huge. The Jazz are normally a team that I don't think they're the best in the league at passing the ball, but they're pretty good at distributing the ball. They only had 17 assists all game. That's pretty awful for the Jazz. Uh, so, just, like, I guess the... I don't know, like the Jazz had a great first five minutes. And I guess one other like good thing that we could pull from the team stats is that even though the Jazz for only forced nine turnovers, they got 14 points from those nine turnovers. So when they turned the, when they got a turnover, they kind of made those count. So um, that was good for them. They just only did it nine times. So if their defense was kind of more there and being more aggressive, forcing more turnovers, that also could have been something that swung the game. So Looking at how bad the Jazz played, uh, I honestly think it's pretty good that they only lost by six. Uh, with how many points they left on the line, how many extra shots. Like, the Jazz took 81 shots, and the Wizards took 94. That's that's a pretty big discrepancy. Obviously, it's made up a little bit in the free throws. Um, we'd have to go case by case to see how much that actually works, but... Um, cause obviously there's and ones and you wouldn't want an extra free throw as an and one to take away from your field goal because it counts as a field goal. Yeah, you get it. I don't want to get too technical there, but top over to the box score. Um, I do want to say, here's one thing that I've noticed that I would love to see the jazz fix. Um, they're in, in tight games. I feel like. And I don't know if this is court, like, like chicken and egg situation. So in tight games, it's normally no one can score the basketball except for Donovan Mitchell. And sometimes he has a little bit of help from someone else. That's what happened tonight. He got a little bit of help from Bogey. But, like, Clarkson put in 12, Gobert put in 11, Bogey put in 18. And then Mitchell put in 32. No one else was in double digits. And we had some players, like... Um, Forrest put it, put up one point. Um, Mike Conley wasn't playing, so there's that. Uh, the Jazz were a little bit shorthanded. Back end of a back-to-back, that's kind of what happens. Um, but even with that, the Jazz should have won this game. And, and Mitchell was just not getting any help. And when Mitchell doesn't get any help, he shoots probably more than he should. He shot the ball 25 times. Which I don't think is outrageous. He made 12 of them, so he was really close to 50%. He was playing fine. His three-pointers, he probably shot a few too many. He was four for 12. Uh, that wasn't helping much. But another thing that you see with when Mitchell try, like when he feels like he has to take over the game is he turns the ball over a lot. 
And so he had five turnovers, which definitely didn't help the Jazz. I love when Mitchell shoots in volumes. I think he's an excellent volume scorer, and he can stay efficient while shooting in volumes. What I don't love is players, like like the team feeling that the ball has to be in Donovan Mitchell's hands in order to make it work. I would like to see, and Donovan Mitchell is an excellent on-ball scorer. He's also a really good off-ball scorer. I'm meaning like the ball comes to him. He doesn't have to dribble to set up the play. Maybe make one setup dribble and that's it. Um, and the Jazz need to get him scoring more off-ball to avoid those turnovers. Because I, I believe Donovan Mitchell will get better at not turning the ball over as much. But right now, when he is a primary ball handler, he usually gets four or five turnovers, which is really too many for one player. And, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I was, I was switching things up. Uh, Joe Ingles has one turnover and but five fouls. Mitchell had five turnovers, one foul, and I was, I, I was, may, I thought for a brief second that I had my stats switched up, but no, I'm right. Um, also, you have Rudy Gobert. He had four turnovers, which for a player who doesn't really have the ball in his hands very much, four turnovers is way too much for him. He did come in and have 19 rebounds, so kudos for him. He almost brought in 20 boards. That was huge in keeping the game close, but he definitely didn't have a perfect game. He did have six blocks as well, so Rudy Gobert did come in and impact the game, uh, but obviously not enough. I'm. I don't think he was awful. I don't think he. I think he would agree this wasn't his best game e- either. Even though the box score makes it look really nice. Um. So that's kind of what I saw from this game. No one was really on. Donovan Mitchell felt like he had to force some stuff, which led to extra turnovers. Did lead to 32 points for him. That's why it's nice to have him because if in games like this, Donovan Mitchell is good enough to keep it close, and if a couple plays went different the Jazz might be walking away with a sloppy victory today because Donovan Mitchell is good enough to keep them in games like this. So, I honestly, I think this was just an off night. The Jazz have a ton of depth to help kind of uh, hedge against off nights, I guess you could say. Uh, and tonight, it just didn't work for them. Um, too many players had off nights. Mike Conley was out. If he was in, it, the game probably would have been different. So, but... That's kind of how it ended. That's my take on it. I'm curious to hear what your your thoughts are. Um, anything specific that you think uh, might have led to this kind of off-night situation? I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was just these happen sometimes, and the Wizards did an excellent job at putting a bunch of effort in. And also shout out to the Wizards for I know I said this at the beginning, but the Jazz had like a, a nine didn't or it might have been even bigger than that, but they started off with like nine straight nine unanswered points. Which when you start off the game and like from it's like almost from tip, you're down double digits. That can be really disheartening and it's not easy to fight back from. They fought back from it pretty quickly and they stayed in this game. The they kept it tight. They were winning most of the game, I believe. And they just pulled it out. So, um, and Neto, our old friend, scored 15 on us to make it a little bit tougher for the Jazz. And the, yeah, the the Wizards, they had some players who, like, obviously Beal went off for 37, but they had um, six players in double digits. 
and Kuzma was almost in double digits. So it, it wasn't just Beal. It was, it was a pretty good team effort. Um, rough loss, like I said. Let's move on to the next one. It's just one game in the season. The Jazz are still fighting for uh, a top two, three seed in the West. And this game isn't probably isn't going to tell the scale. So with that being said, that's my take on it. I'm, I'm happy to hear any takes that you have on this game. But let's hope the Jazz turn around next time. Thanks for watching.